0: You're listening to the First Gen Coach. I'm your host, Carla Santa Maria, a civic engagement professional turned mindset and career coach. As a first gen immigrant, college grad and corporate professional, I have experienced firsthand the many struggles and challenges that first-gen professional Latinas and women of color often face when navigating unfamiliar and unfriendly corporate environments. In this podcast, I will share insights for career success and will feature inspiring and successful first-gen women to share their journey and their stories. If you're ready to tap into a growing community of first-gen professionals, you've come to the right place. Hello, first-gen friends, welcome back to the show. Today's guest is the fourth and final guest for our Financial Literacy Month series. Her name is Myra Alejandra Garcia, and Myra is a financial literacy educator and coach on a mission to empower and motivate families to live a debt-free lifestyle. After spending years in debt, she started her debt-free journey in 2010 and was able to pay off her debt in 17 months. She's a wife and a mother of two and is passionate about teaching financial literacy. She is the host of the Debt Free Latina podcast. Now I've known Mayra for about a year and she is truly, truly wonderful. We actually talked about this on the show. She gave me so much insight into how to better run my podcast. I was really struggling when I chatted with her and I had the pleasure of interviewing to be on her podcast. So if you're not listening to it yet, follow debtfree.latina on Instagram and Go subscribe to Myra's podcast. Now, I really, before we get into the show, I really just want to pause and reflect on the power of building community to reach any of your goals. Yes, it's financial literacy month and it's coming to a close. But just like my previous guest, Charlie, said, Every day is financial literacy day, especially for those of us who are first gen, for those of us who are people of color, for those of us who are immigrants or children of immigrants, basically all of us who have been excluded from the cishet white patriarchal capitalistic machine. Okay, like I know that there are systems out there that have been designed to keep us down. And the more that we shine light on these systems the more we can see that we have options to circumvent them and that we as a community are stronger. So yes, Financial Literacy Month is coming to a close, but no, that does not mean that your financial literacy journey is coming to a close. Not at all, not whatsoever. And I want to encourage you to think about this in two ways, to think about financial literacy in terms of your future and what you're going to be doing and how you're setting yourself up to retire or how you're setting yourself up for long term safety and security. And then I also want you to think about the now, think about the present, think about how you're going to increase your income right now. And if you're listening to this, I want to encourage you to think about potentially getting a new job that pays more. Ask yourself if you've outgrown your current role. Ask yourself if maybe your job has expanded beyond what you were originally hired to do but your salary hasn't expanded. And so if your skills have grown and your responsibilities have grown, but your title and your pay don't match that, then please job hop. I wanna invite you to job hop your way to six figures. So if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, I work with my clients for six months. Six months, we meet twice a month. And we create a plan so that you can job hop your way to six figures. And actually, as of this recording, two of my clients are in the process of going for director level roles. I am so excited for them. And you know what? For neither of them, it's the end game. It is a stepping stone. It is just a hop in their journey for six figures. And that is a journey that you can take too. So definitely check out the link on the show notes and join me and we can talk about whether or not working together one-on-one is the right fit for you. And of course, before, before we get into the show, I want to thank all of you who have shared, who have listened, who have tuned in week after week especially those of you who are new and those of you who have been here from the very beginning. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I appreciate every review, every rating. So if you want to take two minutes and do that, it would mean so, so much to me. And if you just want to share it in a DM with your friends, family, or another first gen who might benefit from listening to the show, that's great too. It really is all about sharing the wealth. So we're, let's get into the show. And thank you so, so much and happy listening. Hi, Myra. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Carla. Thank you so, so much for being here. Why don't we start with you telling listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: My name is Myra. I am a first gen Latina. I, um, was born and raised in East Los Angeles, California. I moved to Phoenix 16 years ago, and I came from a home that really didn't talk about money. Money was such a taboo topic that I grew up to not really know much about how to man- manage my finances. When I became an adult and got married, I got into a mess financially. And I had to dig myself out about 11 years ago. So in 2010, I learned how to budget. And it just became a passion for me to help others because I felt like at the time, nobody was really talking about money um, in our community. And I thought, well, there's a gap here. And I, I can't be the only one that doesn't know how to manage their finances or anything about budgeting.
0: So it's my story. Thank you. Yeah, that's really, um, I kind of love that you said you you found the gap because no, you're 100% not the only person. Why do you think that money is so taboo in our community? I think that in, at least
1: we're from Mexico. So in our culture, it's a very different mindset as far as how we live. So I think it has something to do with people in Mexico live in the present. Everything's in the present. The U.S. is a culture where we live in the future. And so I can say that people in Mexico are a lot happier or can be a lot happier because they really enjoy the present, the family, the get togethers, the we know how to have fun and enjoy the time. The thing in the U.S. is that the culture is so focused on the future that it's like can enjoy the present. It has a hard time enjoying the present. So I think there's some sort of disconnect where it has to be a balance. It can't be all present. It can't be all future. You have to be able to enjoy yourself now. You have to be able to also plan for the future.
0: What are some of those unwritten money rules that you have seen?
1: The first and foremost, I didn't know anything about budgeting. And I think that when I learned that skill, it was like mind-blowing. Because now I'm, what I do is I do a template for the whole year. So all of 2023 is done as far as like a template. I know where most of my bills are going to go. I have planned out each check. So what I do is a spreadsheet with different tabs and each tab is a month. And so I have a quick month view and then every column is a week. So I have four to five weeks in each of the spreadsheets. So I literally plan out what I want my bank account to look like in a spreadsheet. It's technically what I do. So then I can calculate to the penny how much I could save or how much I have for a trip by a certain date, or I can project a lot of things. And so that was like, you mean I can plan out like months and months ahead. Cause I only did it for one month at first. And then I did three months and then I did a whole year. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, I know
0: how much money I will have by Christmas. Wow. That is powerful. And you know what talking about business owners, business owners do this. Oh, like our quarterly revenue projections, you know? And so the fact that you're bringing that the same tools that like massive multi-million dollar, billion dollar corporations are using to run their business. You're using it to plan your money at the individual and family level. Amazing. Yes, I do. And I think I, I,
1: I love that the projection piece I have, it was the other way around, right? I learned it in my personal and I was able to take it to my business. So I did it the other way around because I, again, I, this is the first time I've had a business. I've, you know, I've never had one prior to 2017 and I, I didn't know anything. I was the first one in my family to have one. So I've, I really haven't had a whole lot of mentorship outside of like my financial planner, who is a CPA and has kind of guided me and taken me under his wing and said, okay, this is what we need to do. I think that there's a lot of knowledge within our community, but there are some trade secrets that I feel
0: like are still, there's like gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it was designed to be that way. It was designed to people like you and me on our listeners to not have access to that. It was gate kept on purpose. Okay. So I think that what you do now as a financial coach is so, so important because you are breaking open those gates. And it sounds like the more information and knowledge that you get, the more you get to share with our community.
1: Yes, I try. And I know I've had conversations with you about different things in our, you know, in our podcasting and things that I'm like, I'm an open book, ask me anything.
0: Yes. Thank you. Myra has been so phenomenal. Like she is such a great podcaster and she was helping me out. Like I remember when I, when we, when we met, you know, a little bit more than a year ago, I was like, Oh my God, my podcast is a mess and this and that, and all these limiting beliefs. And you kind of just shared a little bit of knowledge and information and you, you shared your platform. And I was like, this is, this is why I love building community because you know, you were just being yourself and it it was so helpful to me. Like you have no idea.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way. And yes, I would encourage anybody that wants to do it or pursue their dreams. Like go for it. Just do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I actually I wanted to kind of go back a little bit because you said that in 2010 is when you realized, Oh my God, I need a budget. And I, you know, and then you talked about opening your business in 2017. So was that your financial coaching business? What was that journey like?
1: So 2010 was when I started learning about budgeting and I knew that I really liked it. 2012 was when I got out of debt and 2014, I bought my my second house because I had a house in back in 20 2007. Um, but during the recession in 2008, we lost our house. And so um, we in 2010 was when I hit that wall, when I was like, something's got to change. Uh, so again, fast forward to 2014, we bought our second house, which is where we live now. And I started looking like. I really like this. And I feel like I can teach this. And I started really just researching and I didn't pull the trigger because I had a full-time job that was very demanding. And, um, so fast forward, fast forward to 2017 was when I was like, okay, that's it. I'm not happy here. I need to find another job. I need to maybe pursue my career as a financial coach. So then I went and got certified uh, to become a financial coach and I actually left my day job and I thought I could do the financial coaching full time, but it didn't work out because it took a while to take off. It took a while to get clients. And so I had to go back to the workforce and luckily I had connections and was able to find a job fairly quickly, but, um, yeah, I I I always talk about that because I feel like we're so enthusiastic and we want to just go all in. Right. But I wasn't prepared, even though I was I had a lot of savings. I blew through it. I blew through all of my savings within a few months and I had to get back to the workforce. So, um, yeah. So then I just really had a talk with myself where, OK, no, hay prisa, like slow and steady. We're going to grow this. Um, And I'm still working full time. I actually really enjoy my day job. I love my department and who I work for. And I don't plan to leave my day job anytime soon. I really don't have a plan. And so what has worked for me is the podcast. I enjoy it. I love it. I feel like my community has grown. And it's more of a I will coach in the evenings and weekends but my podcast is my focus.
0: Wow. So can I just highlight what a beautiful story of resilience that is? And you're casually just, you know, like talking about it, like it is so amazing. So first of all, when you bought your second house, oh, you know, no big deal. But then you shared how you bought your second house because you lost your your first house, right? And so that resilience of you know, being committed to being a homeowner and saying like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And that is so, so powerful. And then you took a chance and you tried something out. And then, you know what you said, I'm going to go back to working full time. And I'm going to focus on this and that on the side. And that is so powerful because I hear so many stories of people thinking that they failed when in reality, it's just, you know, like a pivot. Like one when people tell me, oh, you know, like I I started grad school, but then I left, you know, and I feel like such a failure. I always tell them congratulations on having the courage to leave a situation that wasn't right for you, you know? And just like picking yourself up when something didn't initially work out is so, I mean, it's just, it's powerful and it's resilient. So thank you for sharing that story of resilience. You know, first I wanted to highlight that. And then now I want to ask, tell us about how you do it. I mean, you know, I'm also, you know, like I also have my nine to five, which I'm very happy with and I'm really grateful for. And I do my coaching and and speaking engagements on the evening as well as my podcast. And I, you know, like I try to make as much time for all of my loved ones. I know that I don't necessarily have, I mean, like I'm not a parent, I mean, I'm a plant parent, (laughs) which, uh, you know, they can be neglected a little bit and they'll be okay. Just put them outside to get wet in the rain. Um, But I know that not everyone has that. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you, I don't know, I don't know if balance is the right, word, but how you are able to do everything in your rich, full life?
1: There are seven areas of life, career, social, financial, family, physical, mental, and spiritual. There is one area you're really, really good at. And there's one area you really, really struggle with. And that's probably the one you're going to need a coach in. So what I do is I open up my calendar and I make a date for each of these things. So for example, I have family time where I will sit on the couch and watch TV with my kids. And then I will have a date with my husband on Friday nights and that's on my calendar. And then for social, I have a get together at either my sister's house or my house once a week where we just fellowship and have a meal together and it's like my extended family's over. My career, I feel that my career goals are whatever is on my work calendar, so there's always something in in my career that I'm working on or um on my business side that I'm working on. There's always a project, either I'm learning something or I'm executing something in my plan. So that's on my calendar. Financial, I look at my money probably a little too often than most people, but at least once a week, I go through my budget and make sure everything's looking good. And I don't have that on my calendar because I just do that sporadically. Um, mental, I feel that mental is one where I will read a book and I will, and I have my calendar blocked off for like 30 minutes before I go to bed where I just read for a little bit. And that helps my mental, you know, just kind of stay sharp and like learn something. Cause I love to learn spiritual. I have where right now I, I had kind of gone off going to church during the pandemic. So right now my spiritual is I have church on my calendar every Sunday and I don't miss church. So that helps me. I think I've gone through all of the seven areas of life. So for me, it's like having it on the calendar. So I know that like my coachings, I only do them Tuesdays, Thursdays. Uh, What else is in my my physical, which is my hardest? I have around 7 a.m. every day. I either go for a walk or if I don't do it at that time, I do it during my lunch break at noon where I go for a walk, or I'll get on my treadmill, or I'll get on my stationary bike that I have at home. But I try to do some sort of movement for at least 30 minutes a day. So those are those are all the areas of life. And I, that's how I try to balance it so that I don't feel burned out. Because that's very common for me, I can get really burned out if I have too much going on.
0: Thank you so much for, for sharing that I actually hadn't heard of that framework of I mean, like, obviously, I think of like the different areas of life. But Yeah, those seven different buckets and then making time for each and acknowledging that we are going to be stronger in some areas and then maybe we could use some support in other areas. So as a financial coach, I wanted to ask you, what would you say is like the financial order of operations? I don't know if that's a thing or if that's just a term that I made up, but I think if someone is saying, I mean, I remember. What well, doesn't matter if they're 18 years old, getting their first job, or maybe they're 30s or 40s. And it's like, all right, I need to get my finances in check. Like, what is somebody who's looking at their money for the first time? What is the financial order of operations?
1: Well, first, you have to know what your situation is as far as debt. I feel like a lot of people don't realize how much debt can hold us back. And so when you know how much you owe, then you can plan a, a, a plan of attack. And then you can start budgeting. Then you can start seeing, you know, what the projections are going to be, how long it's going to take you to get out of that. And then slowly get into um, what I would call the, the investing in yourself piece. Whether you're going to invest yourself in a business, in your 401k, you know, some people will hold off on their retirement because you know what, I'm going to build this business instead with my extra money. So there's, it's all really different depending on what your situation is. If you are earlier in your career, you're in your 20s, you have a little more time to plan your retirement. So you can hold off on certain things and invest in yourself. Maybe you want to go back to school. Maybe you want to build, you know, some sort of business. Um, If you're a little on the older side, right? 30s, 40s, you don't, you probably don't want to hold off on saving for retirement, right? So because it's compound interest is a time thing. So the sooner you get into investing, the better it's going to be for you. So that. And then what are your goals? Do you plan to be a homeowner? Do you not? All of these things are very personal, right? And homeownership isn't for everyone. So also, you know, having if you are wanting to be a homeowner, you'll have to plan and save up, build some cash, some significant cash to put down on a house, which also is going to require you to maybe learn some skills and build some muscle in the savings area, which isn't very easy for a lot of people, especially if they don't they don't know how to save, which, like I said, it's a skill. Um, and then. Yeah, I think once you have those things situated where you, you have a control of your debt, you know where you're headed for your future and you know your living situation, whether you're going to be a renter or you're going to be a homeowner, then you can really see and project what is your life going to look like? And, you know, once you, once you retire.
0: Wow. Great. Thank you so much for, for that overview. And it is, you know, it's kind of like assessing where you are, assessing where you are, figuring out where you want to be, and then making a plan for the in-between. So I think that's really, um, yeah, that is a really great overview. So thank you so much, Myra. Now, why is it important for people, specifically for Latinas, to invest in themselves?
1: It's really important to invest in yourself because the best investment you can make is in yourself. So if you're debating on whether you should go to school or build a business versus your retirement then you kind of have to see what is your rate of return. So are you committed to the business? Are you committed to getting this education that you need to advance in your career? If you are, then do it because your income will come up and then you can invest more into your retirement. So just kind of plan out, is this going to take five years? Is this going to take one to two years? If it's going to take a short amount of time, do it if it's gonna take you a little longer then maybe you start investing a tiny bit but still have enough income to invest in your dream so it's a balance but it's okay to put your life on hold or your finance your your retirement on hold for an average of two to three years if you know that that's or or maybe even four if you're gonna get a degree because you know that after that you are going to be
0: making maybe yeah thank you so much and that is you know it. it's sometimes we have been I mean and not sometimes like I know that we have been raised and our culture our generations have been told go to college go to college go to college and why is it so easy for people to like drop tens of thousands of dollars in a degree but it's so hard for us to invest in a coach why? Like, I mean, you know, and and it's kind of more like a thought, but I mean, if you have any insights that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear them. I think with a coach, we might
1: not feel like it's accredited or it's not like a guarantee of anything. And I think that's where it comes from. The truth is that the coach is just going to guide you. The one that's going to do the work is yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have to commit to making the change. You have to commit to doing the work. So if you're all in, the coach is just going to amplify what you already are going to do. And so, and it's probably going to keep you accountable and it's going to do all these things. And honestly, the truth is if we do things for free, we're not all in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has to hurt our pocket for us to be all in and for us to feel some pain and be like, I have to do this because it costs me XYZ. I have to do this. And so that's just a part of, that's normal, right? So you have to kind of see, you know what? I have to pay so that I'm committed. And that's just a reality of our psyche.
0: Yeah, it is, you know, and it's, yeah, so important. Like it's, what is it saying? Like you value what you assign value, something like that. I don't know what the saying is, but basically like when you, when there is a monetary value to it, you tend to value it more. And it is, you know, and then the other part of that is coaching is a new industry. Higher education is an old industry. And when you talked about like, Oh, like guarantee there's no guarantees in life. There's no guarantees that a degree is going to mean you get a job. I was, I had a master's degree and six years of experience live, working in downtown Miami, making 50 K a year. Let me tell you that the, like it was, there was no guarantee there. Like it, it wasn't my education that got me to my current salary. It wasn't my education that got me to what I've accomplished. It was the belief in myself and that investment in myself. So thank you for, for adding that.
1: I'm going to add something to that. There's also people don't realize that your emotional intelligence
0: direct really is directly correlated with how much you make it is, it is important, you know, because there is so many, there's so many pathways to having a fulfilling career. There are so many pathways to building wealth, that it's important that we understand the things that are a little less tangible, such as that emotional intelligence. Can we, you know, can we read people? Can we make inferences from situations? Can we believe in ourselves? That is much more important than, okay, when you go to a job interview, give them a firm handshake, heart, heart firm handshake, and look them in the eye. Like there's the practical, but then there's like the mindset stuff, which is you know something that we've talked about. It's and, and that's where that emotional intelligence comes in. So thank you so much for for adding that and and thank you for all of the gems that you shared. Really appreciate it, Myra, and I am so so excited that you're able to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me for folks who are listening and they want to learn a little bit more about you. They want to keep in touch, potentially work with you. How can people reach out? I am usually
1: on Instagram at debtfree.latina. I also have another handle, Mayra.alejandra.garcia. And that one is more of like my personal stuff. So you get to really get to know me. Debtfree Latina is where you'll hear a lot about the podcast and where I post most of my things there. Um, I also am at DebtFreeLatina.com. And so you can send me a message there. I've gotten a few messages where people don't leave their contact information. So if you do send me a message, make sure you leave your phone number or an email or somewhere I can reach you. And um, yeah, that's how you can get in contact with me.
0: Great. Thank you so much. And so for anybody listening, if um, I will make sure to drop all of those links in the show notes, and if you got something from this episode, please go ahead and share it on your stories. Tag Myra at debtfree.latina. You can tag me at Carla, the first gen coach. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you got from it. We want to know what action you're going to take after listening to this episode. Um, And with that, thank you so, so much, Myra. I really appreciate our conversation and all of the gems that you have shared. Thank you. I had so much fun. Me too. All right. See- Before we wrap up today, I want to remind you to download your free resume template and guide. This resume template is designed to help first-gen professionals like you showcase your strengths, your leadership experience, and tell a powerful story. So if you are ready to make bold career moves, download your free resume template and guide at thefirstgencoach.com resume.